0: Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, wishing you a happy 2023. I hope your new year is off to an incredible start. And if you so happen to be listening to this episode, uh, not in January, maybe in March, maybe in September, I promise you the content in this episode will still be applicable to you and so it is a new year Uh, maybe it's a new month for you a new day however you choose to look at it and I am doing a series on goal setting practical goal setting I'm talking methods to help you move the needle no matter where you are in life and so I call this the triple a series all right so we're going to be going through awareness slash assessment then we're going to go to action And then we're going to end with accountability. So this entire episode is going to be about awareness and assessment. But let's start things off with the quote of the week. First of all, I want to say yay to me. I'm so proud of myself because I have been trying to change my experience on social media, you know, making sure that I'm not seeing a bunch of junk and distractions and things not aligned with who I am and the things that I want to achieve in life. And so I've purposely been interacting, um, engaging, commenting, liking accounts and posts that are related to self-empowerment, habit change, um, fitness. I follow a lot of accounts that do deep stretching and rehab for the body because, you know, I'm hitting that middle age stage and I'm trying to keep it all together. So I'm really excited about the content that I'm seeing because it is both inspiring and insightful. So the quote that I want to share with you today actually came to me in the form of a voiceover. So you know how on uh, Instagram and TikTok, you know, you can use the audio and create your own imagery to go with it. And this quote I thought was so powerful. And I think it is a great quote that we should live by every single day. And it really, to me, um, explains our purpose in life, because I think that we all have the same purpose. Now, you may be saying, well, Maria, how do we all have the same purpose? I'm trying to be an engineer. You trying to be a fitness instructor. You know, I'm trying to go over here and and flip houses and do real estate. And this person is trying to be a chef. Well, yeah, we have different interests, but I believe we all have the same purpose. And that purpose is Aligned with the level of joy we experience every day in our lives. So here's a quote. It's from Paul Scanlon. It says, The gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time you spend doing it will be the size of your unhappiness. Rewind, and I'm going to say this a little bit slower. The gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time spent doing it will be the size of your unhappiness easy interpretation for me do what makes you happy um, I think that so often we settle for things that make us unhappy because you know we trying to get to the bag or we want to achieve a certain status or be seen a certain way um, whether that's on social media among our peers even you know within our own families and your happiness matters more than the money it matters more than people's opinions of you. My happiness matters more than money, status, people's opinions because I have to live with my choices. Now, let me provide a little disclaimer because I don't believe that you know we're designed to be happy and in a good mood all the time. And I have experienced um, instances where I, you know, I just felt really overwhelmed, challenged outside of my comfort zone, um, tired. And, you know, when I evaluate those moments, most of the time I can attach those activities that I was engaged in that cause those emotions to something I was pursuing that would make me happy. So as you are pursuing that joyful life, that thing that is going to bring you success attached with joy, understand that the road to get there will be paved with challenges. But if you are miserable, unhappy all the time, and you get to that end result and it does not bring you joy, it's not the right thing to do. Time is something that you cannot get back. So let's not waste it doing things that make us miserable. The gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time spent doing it will be the size of your unhappiness. So, whatever you are doing, whatever you are pursuing, you need to ask yourself is this bringing me closer to happiness? Or is this creating more distance between me and joy? Now, I know we're already about five minutes deep into this episode, but before I get any deeper, um, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to listen to the episode right before this one. It's called In My Feelings with Michelle Carson, and she gave great insight on observing our thoughts Because feeling begins with a thought and then we act on those feelings. But if we can stop at the thought that inspired emotions that don't make us feel good, we can achieve a more favorable outcome. So if you're interested in learning more about emotional intelligence, In My Feelings with Michelle Carson is a great episode to check out, especially as a prelude to today's episode. But if you've already had a chance to give it a listen or you understand emotional intelligence, then let's go ahead and jump into assessment and awareness. Self-evaluation or assessment, I'll use those two interchangeably for this conversation, I believe is the key to being successful because you have to know what you have, what you're doing, what you're working with at the start line. So you can set a goal like, OK, I want to pay off my debt in three months What do your finances look like right now? How much income do you have? Do you have big expenses on the way? Are you going to start a business or work a side hustle to achieve that aggressive goal? And so after you answer these questions and you do that self-assessment, you may realize, well, dang, uh, maybe I'll pay off my debt in a year (laughs) instead of three months. Or... Your situation could look better than you think and you could pay it off in less than three months. So really understanding your starting point. What resources are available? Where's your mindset at? Do you have a support system that all goes into your assessment or self-evaluation? And again, inside this episode, the topic is assessment. So I'm going to take you through how to do an assessment specifically related to the three pillars of this podcast, mind, body and business. And I'm going to share some of my business and tell you how I'm doing an assessment. Um, I have so many things related to mind or mental health or you know mental clarity my body the way I eat the way I move my body and my business so when I think about business I not only think about what I'm doing as an entrepreneur but also you know how I'm handling my business with my money um, with my choices in terms of what I want in five to ten years from now so I'm going to take you through some of my methods and I'll be giving you a few starter questions to ask yourself Let's begin with a mental assessment. So of the many things on my list, and I'm gonna narrow this down to three, but I'm only gonna share one inside of this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. But one of my mind challenges, so when I say mental, I'm thinking mindset, uh, the way that I think, I overthink. And I know that this has stood in the way of me having meaningful, deeper relationships It has stood in the way of me being the confident Maria that I know I can be. Um, It's something that I'm growing through. It is something I still struggle with, even to this day. You know, people are surprised when I tell them that I overthink, but I do, and I'm very aware of it. (laughs) And so I can build my goals around this awareness, and I'm able to self-assess so that I can move forward and set goals that are achievable uh, with the awareness that I overthink, so I'm going to give you an example. Say you have a goal of, I want to be in a committed relationship. I'm tired of being out in these dating streets and I want to settle down. I want to find me a wife. I want to find me a husband. I want to find me a life partner, right? All right. So if you're the overthinker like me, what thoughts are disrupting your focus, peace, and productivity? So specifically related to overthinking inside of a relationship, um, I know for me, I have these scary thoughts that I'm going to be cheated on. I'm going to be left alone. I'm going to be abandoned. My love is going to be rejected, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, overthinking. And so the next question that you have to ask yourself after you identify what those thoughts are is what is the origin of the thought? And so using the goal of wanting to be in a committed relationship as an example, maybe you've had negative outcomes in similar scenarios in the past and you're applying Your past experiences to the present. I've done this before inside of my marriage. You know, I was really scared to actually get married because I had been let down um, in previous relationships. And so I was very nervous about it. And thank God I got over it. But yeah, this was something that I dealt with. I would overthink when you know my husband would be in his phone too long or he would take a long time to call me back or text me I mean I'm, I miss misjump to conclusions I'd be like mm, he probably doing what Leroy did back in the day <laughs> I never date anybody named Leroy but I'm just using that as an example um the next question you should ask yourself is how are my thoughts affecting how I feel and what I actually do Are they making you insecure, moody? Are they leading to stress, which in turn affects how you feel physically? I know that happened to me. So when I overthink, whether it's a relationship, it's related to my job, my business, even my relationship with my kids, I overthink. Like, how do they feel? Oh my gosh, she ignored me. She rolled her eyes, you know, especially having a preteen daughter. I get a whole lot of that. So I overthink. So I have to ask myself, how are my thoughts affecting how I feel and what I do? And then the last thing, and you definitely want to end it this way, what is a possible solution? Now, I told you a few minutes ago that it would be a good idea to check out episode 18, In My Feelings with Michelle Carson, because she talks about emotional intelligence and being an observer of your thoughts, right? Oftentimes, we think something and we let it turn into a feeling, then that feeling turns into action, and it just it's just like a ball rolling downhill, getting bigger and bigger. But first, really examining that thought. Four questions. What thoughts are distracting my focus, peace, and productivity? What are the origins of these thoughts? How are my thoughts affecting how I feel and what I do? Then lastly, what is a possible solution? How can I be more mindful in observing my thoughts? Just, just standing outside like, hmm... Why do I feel this way? Going back to the example of, you know, when I was dating my husband and he proposed to me and I was really nervous about getting married because I was like, oh Lord, it's about to be another Leroy. I just, I don't know. Leroy is just a fun name I want to use right now. Never dated anyone named Leroy. But one thing that I had to do was, you know, observe the thoughts. Like, why do I feel this way? Well, it's because I was cheated on before. I was lied to before. I was abandoned before. But you know what helped me is just really looking at the facts What am I dealing with right now in the present? I am dealing with a man who has been loyal, who has shown up, who has proven that he is committed to me. And I had to look at the evidence. He's not like the people who let me down. And I needed to remind myself through logic. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you got to step out on faith. But, you know, oftentimes you can just step out on facts. The fact is, he's a different person. He's given me a different experience. So being an observer of your thoughts and looking at the cold hard facts of your present situation. There may be similarities that look like a negative experience from your past, but that does not mean that the pain has come back to repeat itself. So for better clarity, mental stability, ask yourself those four questions, do that self-assessment and take the answers into consideration as you set your goals. And since this is a fitness podcast, I want you to understand that you can also ask these four questions as it relates to your fitness goals. Like what is holding you back? Why are you so consumed with self-doubt? What thoughts are disrupting your focus, your peace and productivity as it relates to fitness? What are the origins of these thoughts? Maybe you have failed at losing weight in the past. Or maybe, you know, you tried to do a specific exercise and it was just too challenging and so you're afraid to try again. How are your thoughts affecting how you feel and what you do? Those thoughts of self-defeat can prevent you from even taking one step out the door. And then finally, what is the solution? How can you observe those thoughts? Maybe you can break your goals down and make them more manageable. So asking yourself these four questions, challenging your thoughts. Thinking in a way that's going to help you achieve your goals is the first step to actually getting it done. All right, moving on to pillar number two, that is your body. Doing a self-assessment on your body. I'm not talking about standing in the mirror and grabbing your back fat or turning to the side and seeing how much cellulite you have. Uh, are those things that I do? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but <laughs> those are things that a lot of women do. Some men too. But when I talk about your body, I'm thinking specifically nutrition, exercise, water consumption, and sleep. Those are what I call my core four. These are the four areas that I have women that I coach focus on uh, as they are navigating their fitness journeys. But I do acknowledge that men listen to this podcast as well, all three of y'all. So this is applicable across both genders, all right, for men and women. And, you know, this assessment is different than mine. I gave you four very specific questions to ask yourself, but the body assessment is going to require you to get really curious. So I'll start you off with some questions and then I want you to explore Become a deliberate creator. Think about customizing an experience that fits your lifestyle, that fits your ideal body, not just the way you want to look, but also the way you want to feel. So here's your thought starters. Number one, what does my body need? Not Serena Williams' body, not LeBron James' body, but what does your body need? And so often we are influenced by what other people are doing. And this goes back to my point about being very curious. I've come across quite a few posts from people talking about how one big meal per day works for them. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on them at Crispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And in my personal training, expertise, and experience, Coach Maria would say, no, you need constant fuel in your body throughout the day. And I'd even share that that's the best way to do it inside of this podcast. But when you're a deliberate creator and you are intentionally working towards customizing a way of living that works for you, that keeps you inspired, it's no one's business or place to question what you're doing. So I saw this from two different people on social media, one from an athlete that I follow and she was like, look, y'all, y'all see me exercise and I get a lot of compliments on my body. And the truth is I eat one meal a day. I can't stop and eat all day and, you know, snack all the time. One meal per day. I have sustained energy. It works for me. I mean, look at my body. Look at my energy. Y'all see how it's working out for me. And then I saw this um, spiritual influencer. I'm going to call him that. Um, And I hope I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm going to call him that. I'm talking spiritual, like, you know, sit uh, Indian style, barefoot, you know, incense going. And so this spiritual uh, influencer was talking about how one meal per day works better for digestion. Because if you're constantly eating throughout the day, especially foods that aren't really digestible, that that one meal per day has time to digest. And he was talking about how your stomach is not supposed to feel full. You're not supposed to feel bloated and experience indigestion, but the stomach is supposed to be empty. And so those are two different perspectives on the same way of eating. And they have reasons to support why that one meal per day works for them. Now, someone else might say, I can't do that. Like I have to eat throughout the day. And you know, what ends up happening when it comes to our bodies is that we're always looking for an answer. When I have people come and inquire about my services and they want me to be their personal trainer, one of the first things they say is, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. Just give me the plan and tell me what to do. And I used to do that. (laughs) I used to say, okay, here's your meal plan. Here's the exercises you need to do. I'll check in with you once a week. And it works at first, but then it becomes hard for that person to sustain it because it doesn't always fit their lifestyle. It doesn't keep them inspired. It feels like work, And so when you think about having a long-term healthy fitness journey, a good relationship with your body, with nutrition, exercise, sleep, water consumption, it has to be a way that works for you and kind of puts you outside of your comfort zone. But comfort zones, again, vary from person to person. One person's comfort zone could be running at 10 miles per hour on a treadmill. The next person is, "Mm, I need that power walk at three miles an hour. One person's challenge could be deadlifting 400 pounds. Another person's challenge could be doing a seated squat, holding no weight. This self-assessment is all about you. Where are you right now? What does your body need? Do you have back pain? Do you need to stretch? Do you feel like you're running out of breath? Is your diet crap Are you eating fast food all the time? Self-assessment requires you to be very honest with yourself and it can feel uncomfortable. But the great thing about being honest with yourself is that you kind of see what you're dealing with. You see your choices and sometimes they can make you feel shameful or embarrassed, but you can't move. You can't change and you can't take action on nothing that you don't acknowledge. Also, keep in mind that your body could need a challenge. I know that before the pandemic, I was physically going to the gym every day and I was just really pushing myself. I mean, even now I look at old videos of myself and I look at how lean I was and strong I was. And I was like, if that wasn't me, I would be like, dang, that chick is killing it. Um, And now (laughs) it's not so much. And so I have been kind of psyching myself out saying, oh girl, you know, you're, you're old, you're middle-aged, just let it go. (laughs) And, you know, I, I do acknowledge that I am changing. My body is changing. You know, I'm closer to 50 now than I was two, three years ago. Right. Um, but I also think about, and this goes back to that mind assessment. There's a self-talk that goes on inside my head. It says, girl, you tired. You don't have to push that hard. You got four kids. It ain't that serious. And you know how I can tell the difference between am I pushing hard enough or am I genuinely tired? My spirit, my conscience be like, Maria, come on. You know, there's one voice on that side and there's another voice that says, ma'am. Are you feeling what's going on inside of your body? Please sit down. And I want to listen more to those times my body is telling me, you got a little bit more strength. You're not tired. You're strong. Keep going. You're a different kind of strong. There are two things that I tell the women I coach. One is the body follows the mind. So if you are exercising, if you are trying to pursue a challenging goal um, if you're just trying to get to something and you just have these mental barriers, and then you let that negative self-talk start to sink in, your body is going to follow. Um, not just with exercise, but you may start to feel weak. Um, you know, just moody. Just all of these things happen as a result of the way that you think. The body follows the mind. So when you're exercising, you need to be having some positive self-talk. Five more reps. You got this. Yes, you can. You know, get Obama with it. (laughs) You know, whatever you need to say to keep yourself inspired because the body really does follow the mind. And another thing that I tell the women that I coach is the body responds to change. So what happened with me is I'm teaching the same dance fitness class. I'm teaching the same virtual class. I'm going to the same group fitness class every day of the week And my body's not changing. I'm eating at the same restaurant. I'm having big meals at night. I'm barely drinking any water. So my body's not changing because I'm doing the same things. And I am doing things that contradict a healthy lifestyle. As a personal trainer, as a health coach, I struggle with my own fitness goals. But I know how to get back on track. And the first step is this right here in assessment. What does my body need? Going back to that honesty, I'll work with clients and maybe a month or even two months go by and they're not losing weight. And these are people, most of the time, that exercise pretty frequently. I'll have a conversation with the client and say, well, what do you think you need to do? What do you think the problem is? They say, well, you know what? I'm going to exercise an extra 15 minutes or you know, I'm going to fast for two days per week. They try to double down on the things that are easy. I mean, let's just admit it. You know, if you exercise all the time, adding 15 extra minutes per workout is not going to be that challenging. Fasting for a couple of days is cool. But okay, what what about all that pizza? Uh, what about that ice cream you eating at midnight? What about all them snacks? What about the fact that you're on social media all night and you're comparing yourself to other people and you are allowing your mental health to take a hit? So, You have to be willing to explore, be curious, what is going on? What does your body need? What's going on with your nutrition? What's going on with your exercise? Okay, because surprise, you need to exercise, not just for weight loss, but for overall health, for your organs to function properly. So when you see people that are elderly and they're bent over and they have posture issues, they may have an underlying health condition. But when people are older and having a hard time breathing and they're really overweight and, you know, they're getting knee replacement surgeries or, you know, all of these things specifically related to choices that they made around their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And they didn't do those assessments. They didn't check in with themselves and say, well, what does my body need? How am I hurting or helping my body? That's what ends up happening. We don't get time back. We work most of our lives so that we can enjoy our senior years. What do you want your life to look like in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Do you want to be able to go on vacation and, you know, walk around without any assistance and absent of any underlying health conditions? But I'm talking about lifestyle choices. Think right now, what does your body need? And be honest. Do you need to stop snacking late at night? Do you need to take a different way home so that you don't see that fast food restaurant that you love so much and, and hop in that drive through Do your joints feel tight? Do you need to manage your stress? Do you need to address those sugar cravings? Be honest. What does your body need? I want to give you a few more questions you could ask yourself. And again, the assessment for your body, much different than the mind because I gave you four very specific questions to ask yourself for your mind assessment. But when you're thinking about what your body needs, think about rating your nutrition, sleep, exercise, and water consumption. So if you did a scale from one to 10, how well are you doing with your nutrition? So if you're at a five nutrition, um, you're at about a seven with your sleep. You're about a nine with your exercise. and You're about a seven or eight with your water consumption. Look at that area that you scored the lowest and say, well, what, what changes can I make? What can I focus on in that area? And how can I continue to maintain what's working for me? Think about those roadblocks. Do you need to have a conversation with your spouse, your roommates, or the people um, at your job? Hey, listen, I'm trying to live this healthy lifestyle. Get them cookies from around me. Ask yourself questions that I may not have mentioned here. Be flexible because what your body needs this month, next month, next year, five years from now, maybe even next week, it can change. And that brings us to pillar number three your business. An assessment of how you are handling your business. Now, you may be listening and say, you know what, Maria, I'm not at that level and I'm not trying to be at that level. I like my job. I work a nine to five. I don't have a business. I'm not doing, you know, the entrepreneur thing, but you have other business. How are you handling your business? How are you handling your relationships? How are you handling your money? Because we have goals in those areas too, right? But to simplify things and for the purpose of this assessment episode, let's look specifically at money and business related goals. And when I say business, I'm talking about entrepreneurship because I know a lot of people are connected with me, especially on social media, because I talk about entrepreneurship so much. I'm really a dualpreneur. Shout outs to my girl, uh, Tara Jackson, Miss Madam Money. She has trademarked that term, dual-preneur. So I have a full-time job, but I'm also running a business. And doing the two simultaneously played a huge role in me getting out of debt and building wealth. I set goals around what I'm doing as an employee and also what I'm doing as a business owner. So first, let's look at money. Do you have a clear picture of your finances? When people ask me for advice about getting out of debt, because I talk about that all the time, I am a debt-free millionaire. Um, and I was really aggressive about paying all my credit card bills, all of my student loans, all of my, um, well, not all of my car notes, but the single car note that I had, and actually paying off the mortgage that I had, which allowed me to turn my previous home into a rental property. My first bit of advice is to start a business or to get a side hustle because, you know, when you're looking at your income, just your fixed income from your nine to five, and then you have these fixed expenses, it's gonna be really hard for you to see your way out of debt. But also another thing to consider is you may be making enough money to get out of debt and you actually have a spending issue, but you don't know if it's an income related issue or a spending related issue that's causing you to stay in debt until you take a look at your finances. And so my advice to you is to pull your bank statements. Take a look at how much you are spending every month. Determine what your finances look like. That is going to require you to pull your bank statements and figure out where your money is going. How are you spending your money? Look at everything. So if you're using a credit card, you're also using your bank account, you're using financial apps where you can transfer money. Look at all of that and figure out where your money is going and how your money is coming. After you do that, you'll have clarity. Should you start a business, maybe get a side hustle? I think the answer is always yes. I think everyone has a skill, talent, something just unique to offer to the world that people are willing to pay for. So if you are only working a nine to five, I strongly encourage you to explore some of your interests and figure out how you can monetize it because you can do it. I was surprised at all of the things that I was able to charge people for, things that people were willing to pay for, from one-on-one coaching to personal training sessions, virtual group fitness classes. I have an evergreen program um, that's about goal setting. It's called GPS by Maria Moore, Goals, Process, Success. And so what I do is whenever someone asks me a question or advice about a particular topic, I immediately think, I'm getting this a lot, I should probably monetize it. Another thing that I looked at for my entrepreneurs who are listening, I look at my business. So in 2022, I did some really deep work to determine what was working for my business and what wasn't working. I also looked at what was making me feel good inside of my business and what was draining me because that's really important as well because you can have something that's bringing in income, but it's draining your energy. You don't look forward to it. I decided that I'm going to double down on the things that make me feel good and that are working for my business and let go of those things that are draining my energy. So I'll give you an example. I was doing a weekly fitness class. It was a dance fitness class. And I think the main issue is that the class was at a time that didn't work for everyone's schedule. So I would log in virtually to teach the class and maybe only two or three people would show up. And for me, that's a drag. You know, I'm over here dancing my butt off. Not everybody has their screen on. And so I just feel like I'm on stage putting on a show. I like to see 20, 30 women logged on to my virtual training session at one time. And I like to see the screens and people moving. It motivates me. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm making a difference. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to nix that Thursday night dance fitness class. And I'm going to focus more on promoting my Saturday morning class, which has a really good attendance. Also, you know, have the apparel line. Self love is so gangster. And I had a great year for my apparel back in February, my highest month ever, $23,000. Um, in growth sales, had a very successful Facebook ads campaign. But about three months after that, I was making close to nothing. I was barely getting any sales because I burnt myself out. So I do still have a whole lot of inventory. I've decided that I'm going to sell all of the physical inventory that I have in my warehouse and I'm going to transition to a print on demand platform because that works better for my business, for my schedule and my stress level. So those are just several examples of how I've evaluated my business and also, you know, my finances as well. But again, an assessment requires you to ask yourself a lot of questions, evaluate what actions you've taken and move from there. Overall, I would say an assessment is like doing a huge brain dump, you know, determining what's working, what's not working, what you would like to achieve, then taking all of that data and setting your mind, body and business goals. So I only do these episodes once a week. You got some work to do if you're trying to follow along with this triple A series. This is the first A assessment. Next week, we're talking action. The week after that, we are talking accountability. And I just get so fired up and so motivated to work towards a goal. I love that I'm doing something minute by minute, day by day, week by week, that is contributing to something I know is going to bring me joy, something that is going to make me more successful, more happy in a particular area. So I want to continue this conversation. I'll be sharing resources on the Mind, Body, and Business Facebook page. Also follow Mind, Body, and Business on Instagram. We're at mbbpod on Instagram. I check those DMs. I'm in the comment section. And I will be doing a few posts to see how you're doing with your assessment. And you know I will be checking in throughout this three-part series. All right. So be sure to give Mind, Body, and Business a follow on Instagram and Facebook. All right. With that said, that is a wrap for this episode, this portion of the Triple A series. Remember, you can share this podcast with your fam, your crew, your coworkers, anyone who you think would benefit from these types of conversations. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production hosted by me, Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E on Instagram and on my website at mariamore.com Executive produced by Maria Moore, Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed Supervisory Producer, Colby Kolb Tyner, Director of Sales and Corporate Partnerships, Michelle Marino Integrated Marketing and Partnerships Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital Marketing, Walt Walter Gainer, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. So Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business podcast.